Sensecast, a podcast on the journey of social entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Sensecast. Today, we're proudly hosting Christina Moreno, founder of She Matters, a social enterprise based in the Netherlands. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Super excited. All right. So please tell us, who is Christina Moreno and what is She Matters? I'm a fourth generation Mexican-American. I uh, live in the Netherlands. I've been here since 2013. Um, by training and education, I'm an international human rights lawyer. Uh, I practiced in uh, The Hague, the Netherlands, until 2017 when I left my career, took a leap of faith and started She Matters. Uh, she Matters is a social enterprise recruitment agency with a mission to empower companies with diverse talent and female newcomers with employment. Awesome. Um, Christina, can you tell us why you started She Matters and maybe talk about the feelings and motivation that led you to this awesome journey? Yeah, so I started She Matters uh, in 2017. To give some context, uh, again, I was an international human rights lawyer um, practicing in The Hague, the city of peace and justice. And I was working on some fascinating cases, um, Ukraine, Syria, um, Bangladesh. Um, and in the summer 2017, I met women in The Hague and their newcomers. When I say newcomers, they're women who have a forced, uh, a refugee or forced migration background. And I was asked to give a talk, uh, it's called The Hague Talks. And it's sort of similar like a TED talk, but it's really focused on peace and justice. Uh, and I'm actually convinced that the, the, the speaker uh, who, um, I'm convinced that a speaker dropped out and then they were like, okay, who can we get? And they're like, okay, this woman looks like she knows the law. So let's ask her because I wasn't a public speaker at all. Um, and I had like a week to put together my talk. Um, and I did, and I focused that talk on the Donald Trump travel ban. So the topic was inclusive justice. So they're like, Christina, you know, if, if you can talk about inclusive justice, talk about what that means in terms of international law, but tie it into your personal story, whatever that is. Um, and yeah, let's, you know, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> of course, I was terrified. I was terrified and I you know, texted my girlfriends and was like, I can't do this. And they're like, no, you're, you're going to do it. So I did it. I did it. And um, that was a special moment for me because that was the first time that I had shared my personal story publicly. So I had, during the talk, I had talked about, of course, in, uh, international law at the time in 2017, there was a travel ban that the Trump administration uh, was implementing. And that summer, it was a ban on seven Muslim-majority countries. So people coming from those countries, there was a ban on admitting them into the United States if they were trying to seek asylum. So I, of course, argued that that, of course, goes against international law, but it goes against everything that we Americans hold to be dear and true to our hearts, which is diversity and immigration. I mean, we're a melting pot. But I use my personal story to sort of personalize that. My personal story, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman, um, I'm Latina. I uh, took a road that a lot of girls, I think um, a lot of Latinas fall in um, or go down. And that is, I, um, I left high school on my 16th birthday. And before I was 18 years old, I had, I had my son Armando. And Armando and I were super poor. 
you know, when and when I say poor, I mean like it's it's like being poor in the United States is, is much more harder than being poor, for example, in the Netherlands. Um, but we were super poor. I had nothing. I had no high school diploma. I had no job skills. Um, it it was it was pretty bad. And um, for me, my life changed when I met my caseworker at the welfare office, and she laughed when I told her I wanted to be a lawyer. And I was still a little girl at that time. I was 18 years old, but I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it. So I went through all levels of university while working a full-time job at a call center, um, took over 10 years and a lot, a lot of coffee. But um, I went through all levels, all levels of university, and uh, eventually I wound up in, in The Hague. So I used that story to talk about, uh, to use it you know, during this talk. And I said, you know, I had access to social programs that um, the United States offers. And just because somebody's from a Muslim majority country, uh, because of that background, they don't have access to these programs that would change their lives because it changed mine. And I remember feeling so vulnerable when I, when I told that story for the first time, because not even my close girlfriends knew that story. I was a lawyer. I made a great salary. And I think it for me as a woman, I was like, I did it. It's behind me, and I'm I'm looking forward. And um, I remember feeling so vulnerable. But at that talk, there were three women in the audience who had heard heard my story, and they said, you know, told me their names afterwards, and uh, said, you know, can we have coffee? I'm I'm a newcomer. I'm a refugee. So I said, of course. I said, you know, I was like, I did all this research on you know uh, refugees, immigration. I said, let's let's meet for coffee. And those stories changed my life, and um, that's really what started really what started She Matters. Wow, that's, that's such an impressive journey. Um, and I can see why you felt the need to start She Matters. It's, it comes from, the, from within. Um, this, obviously, this talk that you, you had to give in 2017 was a key point. But uh, I'm wondering if, is, um, if there's a more concrete point in time where you, that, were, that pushed you to start She Matters really concretely. So, of course, after I, I, I met um, three women, uh, there were two from Syria, there was one from Afghanistan, um, and they told me their story. So I went to their home, and it was supposed to be coffee, right? If I invite you to my home, you're going to just get coffee, maybe some water. But I went into their homes, and I there was a table full of food for me. There was so much love that they were you know, put into us meeting. I was already humbled walking into their home. I was just like, you know, like, it's just me, and I was just coffee. Um, and I could tell they didn't have much, but what they had, they were giving it to me with all of their heart. So I heard their stories and their stories, I think, uh, really changed my life. Uh, the women were telling me how, you know, for example, in Syria, they were living life like we do, right? We go shopping, we meet our friends, we, we go to work. And from one moment to the next, their lives changed. They were, you know, they had to flee. They were, you know, dodging missiles, um, you know, bombs and bullets. And they were telling me all that they had done to leave, for example, Syria, to go to Turkey, to go across the ocean on a ridiculously small raft that's built for 20 people, fit 45, 50 people, arriving to the camps in Greece, being smuggled, some of them across Europe to come to the Netherlands. And I was so moved. I was moved to tears. But it wasn't like I was feeling sorry for them. It was like I'm so moved because what I'm seeing in front of me is the epitome of the unbreakable human spirit. And it takes the form of women. So like all three times I was like crying. I was just like crying, you know, I'm Latina. So I do that. I, I cry a lot and I get very emotional. Um, and then um, afterwards I was like, okay, you're here in the Netherlands. Like what's next? And they told me that their dream was to get a job. 
And I thought that was really strange because if you ask me what my dream is, it's, you know, then it was going to be like really materialistic or maybe like I want to travel the world. I want to buy a house in Greece or whatever. And their simple dream, simple to us, it was big to them is to get a job. So then I went into research mode and I was like, what, what, like, this isn't normal. Like, why are they saying this? And I found that only 4% of female newcomers were employed in the Netherlands, like 4%. And I continued to meet um, more newcomers in the community. I was just so hungry to learn more and to learn. And I was meeting a lot of women uh, from Syria, from um, Eritrea, from Iran, um, so many different women. And most of them were highly skilled, highly educated. And they were telling me they couldn't get a job, couldn't even get a job in our view. And it was sort of a culmination of just hearing these stories, doing research that I was like, I'm going to start She Matters. And I had no idea what it was going to be. I want to emphasize that. I had no idea what She Matters would look like. It's been four years. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary last month. I knew, I didn't even know it was going to be She Matters. Quote, it was going to be, I called it the thing. Like I didn't have a name for it. I was like, it's the thing. And it's going to be supporting female newcomers into jobs. But what it looked like, I had, I had no idea. Um, and it really has evolved so much in the past four years to what it is today. It's, um, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing how when you're saying that you didn't know uh, where it will be today. And I'm sure that even in the future, it will take you to places that you can't even imagine. Um, it's, it's so inspiring. And um, from what I've heard, and from your story, I know that you have faced a lot of challenges and um, you managed to overcome them. So I wanted to know what would be the biggest um, for you personally when you created She Matters and maybe explain to us how it helped you to grow and be who you are today. Um, again, you know, let me, let me go back to what I said. Like I had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I also want to be very clear about that. And I think that was the best way to, to go about it. I think, you know, I, I, I often think to myself, if I knew what was coming in front of me, would I have done it? Knowing myself, I probably would have. I probably would have. Um, but it's been, I, I think there were challenges um, that I faced that I didn't anticipate. So for me, I'm, I'm fourth generation Mexican-American. So my grandparents were picking tomatoes in the field in California uh, for 50 cents an hour. My mother didn't pass eighth grade education. My my father he graduated from high school, but you know that 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 was it. That was sort of the, my my upbringing. But I know the value of immigrants going to a new country and working hard. You know, I look at my 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 grandparents, look at my parents, and then you know what I mean. You look at me. I was an international human rights lawyer. I'm I'm, I'm a juris doctor. I, I I we're hardworking, man. We are hardworking. This is based on on research and evidence. So I figured if I can take those sort of same ideals that are instilled in the in in the United States, those same principles, and and instill them here in the Netherlands, you know that's that's it's so simple, right? I I'm, I don't want to manufacture technology. I don't want to you know go to Mars. It's so simple. And so the challenges were, I see it you know now was um, fighting. Um, a lot of, uh, I'll just be, be, be very honest, um, bias, discrimination, maybe blatant discrimination, maybe um, unconscious bias. Um, 
I didn't anticipate, you know, people sort of associating that word refugee to sort of categorizing a group of people because of that, that, that term. Um, and then, you know, so that was, I think, a real big shock to me. But then, you know, as I started to evolve, uh, so I started She Matters um, as, as an NGO. Again, I was like, I don't know what it's going to be. When I registered uh, She Matters with the Chamber of Commerce in Netherlands, I was like, it's going to be an NGO. Um, it's going to be supporting women. By then I had the name She Matters. Okay, that's that's what we're going to do. And then we started to, I developed a program. It's called the Lotus Flower Program. And it's a career readiness program for 10 female newcomers at a time. Um, I work with multinational corporations like Salesforce, like Tom Shoes, like Canon Europe to provide them with these the skills training and, and female mentorship. But then a year later, the women still weren't getting hired. They were having a beautiful certificate. We'd give them graduation ceremony, but nothing, nothing had changed. And I think for me, it changed for me. There was been a lot of moments in my life, like um, and changed. Like I remember one woman went up um, and she accepted her certificate at the graduation ceremony. And she said, this has been the most beautiful experience of my life, especially since I came here in the Netherlands. But now I feel like Cinderella because it's over now. It's midnight and there's nothing to look forward to. And that really, for me, shook me, shook me because I thought to myself, am I setting the women up for expectations and there's nothing afterwards? So I started She Matters BV a year later. And for me, it was being a for-profit company, a recruitment agency that's for-profit um, where I can place my candidates into jobs. And this was the gamble. I could have continued on as the NGO. Um, I could have continued on. But for me, I was like, I believe in these women because these women are the hardest workers I've seen in my life. And they're talented. They're skilled. I'm going to be a company that charges a recruitment fee to place them. The only difference between an expat and a refugee is a label. I'm an expat, right? I'm not a refugee. But these women have a refugee label. There's no difference in terms of skills, talent. That was the biggest gamble for me. And I think that that was the hardest to push because and I, I've been told by even my advisors, you know, Christina, should you, um, it's not working. You're not getting the clients. Um, should you consider opening up She Matters to all women? And I said, look, I gave up everything, guys. I said, I gave up my career in law, I gave up my nice salary. I said, I'm going to do this my, the way that I envision it. If it doesn't work out, I fold. I fold. And then, you know, I'll go back to the United States. I'll live with my mom. Oh, my God. I'll write a book and I'll go on TEDx uh, or TED, TED, TED Talks, right? Everybody loves the underdog. But I was like, I refuse to give up on that concept. And um, it's actually now finally, after four years of, of hustling, we've, we've turned an amazing corner, an amazing corner. So it's difficult to answer your question to say, you know, what is, what has been the biggest challenge? Like, it's, it's like, um, so many different things going into into that answer. It's, it, I cannot just say one one thing. Um, has this made me a better person, a better human being, a better woman? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, um, I tell everyone like this has been the hardest journey of my life. Even struggling in poverty with my son Armando and having to make twenty dollars stretch for a week when he was in diapers. That's hard, right? That's, that's that's pretty hard. You start to get crafty, like I'm gonna go to this grocery store because they have like two gallons of milk for a dollar, and then I can go to this one, two bags of bean for like 75 cents. This has been the most hardest journey of 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 my life, but but it's been the most beautiful journey of my life. I consider myself one of the richest people on this planet. 
to have seen what I've seen and to have heard what I've heard. And I would do it all over again. I'm getting all teary eyed. I would do it all over again. It's just so wonderful to hear. And it's, <laughs> it, it, I can feel the impact that this has had both uh, on other people's lives as well as in your life from, from the way you're speaking. And it's, it's a lot more than just the words that uh, come out. Um, speaking of impact, I guess there is a relatively easy quantitative way to measure that impact by the number of women that through your program have managed to get jobs. Um, and I guess there is a quantitative impact that uh, you just show with, your, with the feelings that you shared. But um, people connect to other people's stories. So I'm wondering if you could, um, if you're willing to share one story perhaps that uh, showcases the impact of She Matters the best, the way you perceive it. This is wrong of y'all for, for you to ask this question right after I was like getting tears. And I hope uh, y'all you, don't take a screenshot because it's about to get like doing an ugly cry, but I have to share this. Um, so we've, we, um, so again, what, what makes this hard? It's that recruitment um, aspect, right? It's that, you know, no, my candidates are not charity. My candidates are not charity. We don't do internships. We don't do traineeships. We focus on jobs. It's a principle, right? Um, and that was, that's was that been the biggest gamble. It's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, but we, just in the last three months alone, three, four months alone, we've secured some some huge partnerships. Uh, first started with Nike. Um, then came uh, Patagonia and then ING. We just uh, secured another contract. And um, this was... Um, I'm going to use Patagonia as an example because this happened. I'm going to tell a story that this uh, just happened on uh, on Thursday. So um, I love Patagonia. Um, I hope everybody knows the brand. Support them. Like buy their stuff. They are an amazing company. They their mission is to um, yeah improve our home planet. So they they they're a company, but they also have sort of an aspect of a activism. They're they're amazing. Um, and Patagonia said, "I love what you do." I want to hire. I want to hire uh, one of your candidates. So it happened really fast. Uh, we signed the contract, and they're like, "Okay, you know, here's the requisition. Do you have anyone?" And I submitted um, some CVs, and um, I submitted some strong CVs. And it was three weeks, three weeks from the beginning to 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 end about you know updating the CV, meeting with the women. Um, there's a, a cultural difference because in the West, I think you know we all know how to quote sell ourselves for jobs, right? Um, writing your CV, it's sort of, you know, there's a way to do it. Um, and I saw that culturally, it's a, it was a challenge because, um, you know, it's, again, in America, especially I'm gonna take America, United States, I'm like, we're the best. I don't know why we're, we're, we're like the best, right? Um, but, but for the women, it was like, oh, yeah, I did that. But it wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, it, it's an amazing deal. Like, you know, and this was all in the CV writing. And then, um, you know, going next to the to, to the mock interviews. And then she had to do an assignment. And um, it was last Thursday when I got the message that um, one of my candidates got the job. Um, and I had been working with this one particular woman, uh, woman from, from like for three weeks, just nonstop. And I remember um, I, I told her, I said, uh, um, I texted her and I, and, and I knew, I knew. Um, and I texted her and, and I said, uh, do you have time for a call? And she goes, yeah, sure. I said, hey, it has to be a video call. And so she goes, okay. So we set up a call and uh, I saw her and I said, uh, I have news. And um, I'll never forget it. Um, she she looked down and she said, oh, they didn't want me. 
And I told her, I said, uh, you got it. You got it. And we started crying. She goes, no. She goes, I have a job. And then her, and then her son uh, uh, sat next to her and he t- took out her little, you know, earphones and he, you know, listening to it. And we just started crying. We started crying together. And it was this beautiful moment for me. You know, it was a culmination of four years, pushing, 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 go, go, go. Christina, get up, get up. It's hard. You got rejected. This didn't work out. I want you to wake up. I want you to wash your face. I want you to put your makeup on. My grandma used to tell me and go. And so all those, you know, the falls the last four years and then seeing her and then first me saying, saying myself, her life is going to change. But then when her son came up next to her, he's three years old, came up next to her, I, I knew his life is going to change too. His life will change. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, I'll never forget that, that moment. And, uh, she's actually starting on the 20th of, um, of this month. And, um, those moments, you know, when, when things talk about entrepreneurship, because, you know, it's a lot of ups and downs, it's always important for me to always remember those moments and to keep them in my heart because there are going to be a lot of rough times ahead. I, it, I haven't quote made it, but those are the moments for me that keep me going. I guess you can also measure impact by the tears of happiness you shed along your path. Definitely. Yes. But again, I'm Latina. So like, like that's the reason why we're so good at telenovelas, right? So we're like all emotional and I'm like, you know, can you imagine being, being my son and be, you know, like kindergarten graduation? I was like, oh my God, you know, it's, you know, it's just a thing, but you know, I don't think, I don't think I could have gone this far if I wasn't passionate about what I do. If I didn't love what I do, I I would have given up a long time ago. There's a reason why nine out of 10 startups fail, but I'm, I'm, I'm a social entrepreneur, right? I'm social enterprise. Plus I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. I'm in the Netherlands. I'm not Dutch. So many different obstacles. And if I wasn't passionate about what I do, I I would have given up a long time ago for sure. Wow. Your story is so amazing. And also this, the fact that you're really making a change in, um, in people's lives. And, and like you said, by changing their lives, you're also changing generations to come. And, and that's just, that's just beautiful. Um, it's, it's beautiful to see that you have also found your place and what you're meant to do and that you're just doing it to the fullest. And just let me, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe the next question, you know, like, um, it could be a nice, uh, transition, um, a lot of people, when, you know, they, they want to do something, you know, like uh, they want to do something to change the world or to change their life. Um, I think it's important to find the right support mentors and people who are, um, ready to help them. But, um, most of the time we say that the change is actually something that comes from within that comes from us. So this is a, this is a question that applies to me too, because like I I am part of these people. So what would you say to everyone who's out there and who feels stuck, um, that they're not fulfilling their potential and, um, how 
to help them in their process of becoming fully empowered as an individual? It's a good question, um, because I, I remember when this happened for me, I think this was actually, this was spring 2017, and I, I, I began to feel a disconnect with um, my work and just not really feeling like I'm, I'm doing, I'm living my, my purpose, my why. And uh, yeah, it's quite silly. I was, I was on Instagram and I was just like browsing it. And there was a photo that one, uh, that really kind of changed, you know, guided me on this journey. And it was a photo uh, taken from a grave. So you can see like the dirt walls and um, the sky and the caption in the middle was like, if you were to die today, what impact would your life had made? who would you have impacted? And for me, I didn't like the answer. I, I mean, of course, you know, like I'm a mom, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of impact, but I felt like I could have done more. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that, that sort of started it. And then I remember even when I started to, you know, explore more She Matters and things were getting really busy for us. Um, I had really quickly enrolled in pitch competitions. My personal professional profile was skyrocketing um she matters was skyrocketing and um you know i it, it was it was a it was a great moment but it was also like okay i cannot juggle this and being a, a lawyer it was too much so i had to make a choice um and i took this december 2017 off to really think about that and i had an honest conversation with myself because i knew it was honest something i knew in my heart i was like i this is i feel happy I feel happy doing She Matters. And I wanted to take the leap, but I was like, okay, what is it that I that's holding me back? It was of like practical things like money, security, something I worked so hard for in my my career to 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 you know make it. Um, was I willing to give all those up, um, all those things up to to live my passion? And at the end of the day, I uh, I've of course I, I I made that decision. Um I made that decision because for me, it's very important that I know myself, like we have one life. Maybe there's reincarnation out there, maybe. My my, my, my uh, mother has her theories, okay. Like maybe there's like, you know, like reincarnation, we don't know. So for me, it was like, I know that I have one life. I have one life and that that's all I have and it's mine. And I'm gonna live it to the fullest being happy and doing what I can to impact as many people as I can in a positive way to leave this earth in a better place than when I found it. And so I would give the advice to to anyone who's who's nervous about um, living their passion and living their why. It is a scary thing. I, I do get a lot of uh, people contacting me because they hear my story and they tell me they're inspired and they're like, Tell me, how did you do it? I'm like, there's no magic formula. I'm going to be honest with you all. There, it, there ain't no magic formula. It starts with the conversation with yourself. It starts with the conversation with yourself and being honest with yourself. And if you can, if you can look yourself in the mirror every day and go to sleep and be like, I'm, you know, like I'm living, yes, I made this decision and I'm happy with it. Um, then that's cool. But if you can't, which is what I was thought, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It's, it was scary. Again, still is. Um, there are a lot of doubts, there are a lot of ups and downs, but again, because of what I do, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so rich beyond, beyond measure. Um, so I would say, look, look past that. There's, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, but if, yeah, you have one life, man, you have one life.
Don't waste it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good quote for, for an Instagram post. <laughs> well, you have one life and I guess, um, I guess every life that you're changing is one more reason to be proud of for what you've done. And I can even say at this point that it's stories like yours that make us proud to have this podcast as well. So thank you for being here. Uh, but to ask a concrete question, out of all the things that I can imagine you must be proud of for She Matters, what is, what is the thing that you're most proud of? Oh, wow. Um, I think for me, it's, it's, it's um, having the privilege and the joy to meet the women that I've, that I've met on, on this journey, not only them, but their families. Um, and they hear their stories. That's the one thing. Um, but there's this special moment. It's, 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 it's strange for me to talk about, but there's a moment that I connect with the women in my program or through employment. And it's, a, it's like a light switch that comes on. This cost me zero euros, zero money. But there's a moment in our conversation with just being honest and raw and just, I, whenever I meet them, I always tell them my story. Because they're probably wondering, who is this crazy woman in front of me? She's not even Dutch. She wants to help me. Like, right? So I need to tell them, like, look, I, I'm, I'm, I've been through a lot, you know, and I, I need to tell them that. Um, and there's a certain moment in the conversation um, where you see a sort of a light go on in her eyes. And she stands up, she sits up a little bit taller, her smile is a little wider. And it's just because I've said words like, I see you. I see what your potential is and I know where you're going and I'm going to, we're going to get there together. I don't know when that's going to be. I cannot promise it's going to be today or tomorrow, but I promise we'll get there together. That cost me nothing. It cost me nothing. Right. But it changes lives just to tell someone you see them and that you're, you're, you're with them on that journey. And I think that that's something I'm so proud of. I'm so proud of. And, um, I hope to continue to do this. Yeah, honestly, for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, of course, you know, as I get more stories of, you know, matching the ladies with employment, that's also those are good you know, moments that will stick with me. But just to keep it simple. And I guess what I'm trying to say is anybody can have an impact. Right. Um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. Um, you don't have to have a title to do good. You know, just, um, you know, do what you can in your space and in the, the community to make someone else's life life's better because your life will be better for it. Um, and that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big gift, a huge gift that anybody can do. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> um, it's, it's a, it's a very nice lesson that you're, you're giving that, uh, doing good is, um, you can find ways to do good without having to like without having it to be costing something throughout this, um, this conversation, you have shared so many things. And I think that, um, we and the audiences have learned a lot from your journey, from, um, how you overcame, um, your challenges and, um, kept on being motivated, but, um, I would love for you to share one, I know it's hard, but one key takeaway with our, with, with our audience today. 
I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting uh, contacted a lot by, by people who um, are realizing, I think, in this point in their lives that they are feeling unfulfilled. I think COVID-19 brought that on um, because it's I'm getting a lot more messages and I'm it, it's people who are just wanting to know, you know, uh, they're looking to be inspired. They're looking for steps to to move forward and to live their passion and their why. Um, so it's actually it's, it's quite interesting. And um, I'm actually speaking at an event on the on the 20th about this specific topic. And, um, you know, for me, I think, you know, the takeaway is it's um, to, you know, question everything that you've thought was true everything up until your whole life um to question it um take a moment and and and, and you know have an honest conversation with yourself i remember for me it was like i i when I, i'm a public speaker so i always start my talks with um you know it's a pleasure to be here um and i have to take a moment to pause and reflect because according to statistics i'm not supposed to be here and she matters was not supposed to happen and that starts very early on, right? So, so statistically speaking, I was supposed to be a cashier. I was supposed to be still in poverty, barely making it. You know, my son was supposed to grow up in the welfare office, nor thinking it's normal. Seeing his mom in, in struggle was supposed to be my life. And I challenge that. I challenge that. And it's been this whole thing at me, you know, for, for It She Matters is to challenge what I thought was possible, what I thought was true. And I've broken down lots of barriers in myself. It started with myself, but then also in, in business, um, you know, with entrepreneurship, um, with just being being a woman, I, I continue to push these barriers because who says that they're true? Who says, you know, you have to go to college to get a good job? Who says, you know, you have to make a gazillion euros to be happy? Who says that, you know, like, wh wh like I, I wanna know because it's not true. So I would say the big takeaway is just just first reaching yourself and be honest with yourself. Have an honest conversation with yourself. If you're not happy, ask yourself these questions. Is you know question everything that you thought to be true. And I promise you, at the end of that honest discussion with yourself, you will come out a different person and you'll be equipped. Again, there's no magic formula that I can give you, but it's just really simple, basic fundamentals of just you know just is just being honest with yourself, being happy. Come on, man. Again, one life, right? And um, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a wonderful message to end on. I'm sure people after this will want to read more, see more, and hear more of you. Could you share with us uh, a website for She Matters? Uh, how people can reach you for a continuation of this? Yes. So please, first of all, follow follow us on social media. Uh, we have uh, a pretty active um, presence on social media because. Excuse me. I think it's important uh, for us to continue to tell stories. Um, when you go to our, our uh, we're on we're on Twitter um, at She Matters NL, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we're very specific when we post stories and pictures because they're like again, if you just Google refugee women, you'll see photos of women who just sort of you know fit that stereotype living in camps. And I, don't get me wrong, I do want to emphasize this. I've been to the camps. I've been to the camps in, in, in Lebanon and I've seen women, sadly, they, they, they deserve that space. But for me, it was like, you know, the, the women here are just like, Christina, this happened to me and it, it was unfortunate, but I'm ready to go. So we, we really, you know, professionalize, the, you know, our, our social media we, in, in the way to, you know, share a different side of the story of, of newcomers, of, of female newcomers. So follow us on social media. Uh, we're on. Uh, follow us on our, our website. Check out our website at uh, shematters.nl. Uh, she um, and then, you know, reach out to me. I mean, 
you know, these days, to be honest with you, again, I'm running on coffee. I'm 40 years old. My son is 22 years old. I sometimes question my stamina, but if you uh, want to reach out, um, please do. I'm on LinkedIn. You can, you can find me there. We'll make sure to share this on the description of the episode. Guys, it, uh, I just want to want to say it, it was um, it was a big pleasure um, to to be here. I do remember uh, when I was asked to be on on um, on this podcast, uh, it was because Sylvia had uh, reached out to me and um, told me that she was inspired by our, our report on Arta. Um, and for me, that's that's what it's about is just sharing our story. And if I can inspire anybody, at least one person, you know, to 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 make a change for themselves. Yeah, it's um, that's what it's all about. So thank you for the opportunity for me to be here and to share my my story. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you have already inspired three people in the past hour. So I can say this was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Christina. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you. And to you, our audience, if you have enjoyed this episode, look for SenseCast on your favorite podcast platforms. We're releasing a new episode every second Sunday of the month. This podcast has been produced by Antonis, Fatou, and Sylvia from Make Sense Berlin, a community of people passionate about social impact with a mission to create a better world. See you in the next episode of SenseCast. <laughs>